we will take a quick break uh, from First Corinthians chapter 15, um, and we'll be looking at um, uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. That will be uh, today's text. So let me read it for us. Philippians 1, 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you would bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we uh, come before you and we desire to surrender our hearts and hear your voice, hear your word, for your word is eternal truth and it gives life to us. It puts us, it gives us the right perspective, the proper perspective that we are to have. So Lord, as we uh, give this time to you and hear your word, Lord, that you will speak and allow us to really just uh, have a better understanding of your word so that we could truly be the doers of your word. We commit this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so welcome, everyone. Um, so <clears throat> have you, uh, so yeah, the title is uh, Sanctifying work of, work of God or A Good Work of God. Um, have you ever been uh, frustrated by the lack of spiritual progress in your life? Um, you know, you want to live a life pleasing to God, but it seems like you just just can't keep it up. I mean, honestly, right? We know what to do. You know, we are to, uh, we are to pray. We are to you know really spend time with the Lord daily, uh, quiet time or private worship, or um, we are to obey the Lord and all these things. We have heard it so many times, but we still can't. We just simply don't do it. I mean, deep down, you know, you want to live an authentic Christian life because you you know that is the right thing to do. But the flesh side of you that is not fully surrendered to God, you know, your sinful side you know, takes over and really just, uh, you know, we do things that we are not really proud of. You know, our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. So if you think about that, you know, it's really frustrating, right? I mean, it's not like we are blind or deaf. We know what to do. At least, you know, in our head, we know what to do, but we end up not doing not doing it or do what we shouldn't be doing. And I don't know about you guys, but I still struggle, you know, and there is this tension in my heart because of this. It's an ongoing struggle. And I, I don't think uh, I am the only one who has this struggle because, in fact, even Apostle Paul had this. If you go to uh, um, in Romans chapter 7, uh, verses 7, uh, ch uh, chapter 7, verses 18 and 19, I don't know if you can see it um, on the screen. Um, it says this, Romans 7, 18 and 19, written by Paul, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. So at times, it can be discouraging. You know, we find ourselves thinking, boy, living a Christian life is really hard. It can be pretty discouraging because of this you know, discrepancy that you have in your life what you know and what you do 
they don't, you know, always, you know, overlap. So then should we just feel defeated and resign to the fact that this is how it's going to be for the rest of our lives? Absolutely not. You know, the Westminster Confession honestly describes the war in our souls between sin and righteousness while also giving weary combatants like us a glimpse of, of, of a future when the war will be finally over. So uh, in Westminster Confession, it states in which war, although the remaining corruption for a time may much prevail, the remaining corruption in our body, in our, you know, in our soul, yet through the continual supply of strength from the sanctifying spirit of Christ, the regenerate part does overcome. And so the saints grow in grace, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, because there is this continual supply of strength that comes from the, the, the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, that the regenerate part, there's a corrupt part, but there is also the regenerate part in us. It will overcome in the end. So because of the over, overcoming power of the Holy Spirit and the work of God, the saints, we would grow in our grace and in our knowledge and the, in the, the holiness uh, in, the, in the fear of God. Yes, there is this undeniable tension and struggle. There is a war that is raging in our spirit. And, um, you know, and oftentimes it looks as though the sinful side of us may have an upper hand and it can be discouraging but it is not that's not how our life will be defined believers are called by god and empowered by the holy spirit to reflect the character of christ and we will because of the call of god and the empowerment of the holy spirit people we are in the process of becoming we are in the process of becoming. I'm not talking about our position before God. Our position before God, it's secure. There is no change in our status. Our position as adopted children of God will never change because of the finished work of Christ. Once you are a child of God, you are a child of God for all eternity. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, as Romans 8.39 says. But, so in, in that sense, our status, our position before God does not change. But our character, our maturity, our knowledge of God, they change over time. If they don't, if these, uh, our character does not change, then there is something not right with our spiritual life. Being a child of God means that we will not stay the same as before, but by God's mercy and the power of the Holy Spirit, slowly but surely we are being conformed to the likeness of Christ. You know, if you are truly in Christ, you will not stay the same. You are in the process of becoming. If you are really in Christ, all of us are in the process of becoming. 
We don't just remain static. We don't just remain this, the way we are. And Paul here in this verse says that he is sure of this. He's confident. He's convinced. He's persuaded without a doubt that not only of what God has done for the, the readers in forgiving their sins, but he's also confident and sure of what he has done in them, in us. In verse 11, uh, we didn't read it, but uh, uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 11, it says, Fill with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And that is uh, the, the good work that God does in us. The fruit of righteousness, becoming more like him. And he's really sure of this. And his confidence is not based on the Philippians' abilities or potential that he, he sees in them or even their past achievements. I mean, the Philippians really, they've been really remained faithful. And Paul was very thankful because of their faithfulness, how they've been so good and really how they've been such an encouragement to, to, to Paul. But not even that. It's not the reason why Paul was really confident. His confidence is not on people or anything else, but on who God is. His confidence is, in, is on his power and, 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 and love. And so here, Paul outlines three aspects of God's role in the Christian life. And um, here, the first point uh, is that God is the originator of our faith. God is the originator of our faith. In verse 6, it says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, says it is God who began a good work in you. Revelation 1a says that he is the Alpha and Omega. He is the first and the last. The good work the good work that Paul is talking about here is God's gracious activity in saving and sanctifying those who belong to him. That is a good work. It is God who has begun this work of saving. And it is God who has begun this good work of sanctifying and molding us and shaping us to be more like him. It is God who has begun a good work. You know, people think that uh, since we have made the decision, since we have made the profession of faith, that the faith started with us. I mean, I made the decision to trust in Christ, and I am the one who chose to follow him. And that's how I became a Christian. So oftentimes people think that our faith started with us because we made a decision. And yes, we have to make the decision. There is no one else that can make the decision for us. But what we really did is simply responding to God's call. We simply responded to God's call. Theologians call it an efficacious call, an efficacious call, an, an irresistible call of God that produces desired effect, that God's call to us 
was efficacious. It's an efficacious call. Because God willed that, that we be saved. God called us. And it is efficacious call. No one can resist it. You know, uh, if you see uh, read in John chapter 11, God called Lazarus, who had been in the tomb four days already. The Lazarus was, you know, the brother of uh, Martha and Mary. And, um, you know, by the time Jesus got to where they were, their beloved brother, Lazarus, was dead for four days. He was in the tomb for four days. And yet when Jesus went there, told people to remove the roll of the stone, and he calls Lazarus in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man, the dead man, wrapped in the linen, the Lazarus comes out. That call of Jesus, Jesus calling Lazarus was efficacious. There was nothing in this universe that could have stopped the call of Jesus on Lazarus to come back to life. That was an efficacious call of Jesus on Lazarus. Likewise, just like Lazarus, we all were dead spiritually and there was nothing that we could ever do to come alive spiritually. We could have, you know, anything that we could have tried to do would have never made it, uh, would never work. There's no way we could have come alive spiritually on our own, on our own, you know, efforts and endeavors. But thanks be to God that he had mercy on us and called us efficaciously out of death and brought us into life. We are the ones who rebelled against God and persisted in making ourselves the center of the universe. We said, no, you know, we're going to reject you. We don't recognize that you are our, our king, our God. I am my own God. I call my own shot. And we intend to stay that way. We don't want to be disrupted in any way. So we fully intended on living our lives the way we wanted. We had no inclination whatsoever to reconcile with God or to recognize his rightful place in our lives. But God, out of his mercy and grace, called us. And because of his call, because of his efficacious call, we were able to respond by saying yes when we heard the gospel. We finally came to the realization that we need Christ in our lives. We finally come, came to that realization that we are sinners before God in need of a Savior. That Christ indeed was sent by God the Father to live that perfect, obedient life on this earth and was sacrificed and was crucified in our place because of our sins. All of the realization, even though we may think that we made that decision, but even coming to the realization, understanding that we need a savior, that we need Christ in our lives, that was because of God's efficacious call in our lives. God called us and there was nothing in this world, nothing in this universe that could have stopped it. God has sovereignly chosen us 
and shown mercy to us. He began a saving work in us. So Paul is saying that it is God who began a good work in us. God is the originator of our faith. And the second uh, point is that God is the sustainer of our faith. God is the sustainer of our faith. Paul says that God will, the, the God who began a good work in us, he will bring it to completion. When we see that God has begun a good work in people's lives, we can be sure that it is his purpose to continue. God did not start the good work only to ditch us and have us sink or swim on our own. You know, when I was young, I used to think that Christian life was really all about me. Yes, I mean, I heard the gospel and, and God saved me. But now that, I have been, and I, now that I had been saved, it all depended on how hard I would try. I thought Christian life was all about my discipline and my commitment. You know, the fervency of my prayer, uh, the frequency of my quiet time were the measuring stick of my spiritual life. And I thought that they reflected my commitment to God. And I thought that that's what Christian life was all about. Praying really hard and just, you know, doing my quiet time and pray, you know, doing all those things. And every time I failed to do it passionately and consistently, I thought I failed God. I let God down and I felt condemned. You know, man, Wujin, you know, you blew it again. You know, what kind of Christian are you? And I so, you know, I thought I would, it was all about my trying harder. And it was an unending cycle of guilt, shame, condemnation, and feeling defeated. That was just my Christian life because my sole focus was on me, how, uh, how, how much I was doing for God, right? what kind of willpower I had, what kind of discipline I had. And also I used the standard on other people as well. You know, because I felt guilty quite often, I projected onto other people quite often, how legalistic, you know, that was. You know, in college, um, there was a, you know, uh, our fellowship had a, had a retreat one time, and then you know, we had a, you know, uh, annual retreat, and uh, I happened to lead praise, right, at the time. So, you know, uh, but I felt like, you know, I was just not fully prepared. Like, I, I felt like, you know, I prayed enough, and, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know when I would have ever felt like I would have prayed enough, right? And so, you know, the uh, the last full day of the retreat, you know, the whole, the whole like, the thing that you go through. And so, but, you know, during the uh, the afternoon time, we had, you know, a couple hours of, like, free time. But, you know, us, the officers, and then the praise team, we say, you know, we, we didn't pray enough. We got to pray, right? So we, we just pray, like, the whole time, right? Pray for the, the last night, you know, worship time, right? And then so the finally after dinner, you know, the, the last uh, night's worship time came. And as people came there and just sat there, just getting ready, you know, once again, you know, I, I just had that just uh, the feeling that I'm just not, you know, people didn't really pray enough, right? And so I projected that, that sense of like worthlessness and uh, prayerlessness onto people. And I basically, before we started, I made everybody get down on their knees, right? It was like a concrete floor, 
But, you know, I just felt like, you know, we had to pray more. If in order for us to be blessed by God, we had to pray. But, you know, uh, the, the degree of God's blessing uh, was conditional. It, you know, it depended on how much we prayed. So I asked, I made everybody get down on their knees, right, on the concrete floor and, and then made them pray, right, for I don't know how long. And then that's when after that we started our praise. Um, you know, the Christianity can easily become a long list of do's and don'ts. You know, we got to pray this much. We got to do it this much. Then you would become a good Christian because your Christian life uh, is all about how hard you try, how much time you spend in prayer, how often you read your Bible and all these things. It's up to us. But scripture makes it clear that it is God who sustains us. It is God who sustains our faith not ourselves. Yes, we have our part. I mean, don't get me wrong, right? There are duties, there are responsibilities, but we are not in the driver's seat. God is. God invites us to come along and take part in his good work, the, good, the sanctifying work of God. And the good work of God, what it does is that it continues to free us from sinful habits and form in us Christ-like affections, Christ-like dispositions, Christ-like virtues. And that is the work of God that he does in us. Even the desire that we have to become more like God, that comes from God. It's not generated from within us, but God graciously allows that in us. And when God does, uh, continues his work, it does not mean that sin is instantly done away with. But it is also more than a counteraction where sin is merely restrained or repressed without being progressively destroyed. The sanctifying work of God is a real transformation, not just the appearance of one. It is a real transformation that's taking place. And God sustains it. The indwelling Holy Spirit speaks to us and empowers us to live the life that God calls us to live. You know, there's a, out in uh, California, there is a church called Church on the Way. Actually, that is the name of the church, Church on the Way. And I like, I like the fact that they are aware of who they are, the transitory nature of who we are. Yes, we are church on the way. We haven't arrived. We haven't fully, we are not fully there yet. And God is the one who is sustaining our faith. And the last point here is that Paul is talking about is that God is the perfecter of our faith. God is the perfecter of our faith. As it says, he will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He's the one who started it. He's the one who's sustaining it. And he will complete, bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You know, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says this. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. There, 
at the beginning, right? It says Jesus is the founder and he is the perfecter of our faith. You know, in Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 15 that, that, uh, that we've been looking at, you know, we've been talking about the reality of resurrection and the future glory that we would have, that our body will be transformed into the glorified form, glorified body, just like Jesus on the day of resurrection, right? And I think uh, this verse that we looked at in Philippians 1.6 is in the same vein, that God's saving purpose will be fulfilled on the day of Jesus Christ. And Paul sees his life and work in that regard, that our salvation will be brought to completion. You know, his constant concern was that he and his fellow Christians might be presented before God mature and un unashamed on that, in that day. The Holy Spirit works in us both to will and to do according to God's purpose. It is comforting to know that God is not done with us yet. It is comforting to know that we are not a finished product yet. Still more work needs to be done in us. You know, if we are the finished product the way we are at this moment, boy, God has... God, God have mercy on us. Because if this, we are not going to be changing anymore, but we would be exactly uh, like this for the rest of our lives. And this is how we are going to be for all eternity. Boy, you know, there, there, there will be no hope. But thank God that he's not done with us yet. What you see now is not the final version of who you will be, who I will be. And what I see from you is not the finished version. You know, sometimes we see the road sign, men working, right? You know, when, you know, on routes, uh, on 66 and, you know, other, you know, places, you know, when the crew is working to fix the road, they put the sign, right? Men working. Um, guess what? All of us, all of us have God working sign attached to us. We just don't see it. But every one of us has a sign on us all over that God is working. God is at work even at this moment. So what does this all mean? That God is the originator, God is the sustainer, and God is the perfecter of our faith. How does, what does this all mean? Like, what, what is the application? Well, do not give up on your faith journey. Do not give up. It can be frustrating and disheartening at times because of the what we see as the lack of progress, lack of maturity, right? We've all been there, but we have to remember that God is not done with each and every one of us. God who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ because Jesus has not come, come back yet. He, he hasn't returned yet. So that means he's continuing. God is still continuing to do his work in each and every one of us if we are in Christ Jesus. So do not give up. Even though you may be discouraged or like, you know, frustrated, by the, the seeming lack of progress, but do not give up.
to not quit in the middle. We are in this race. It's like a marathon race. Yes, along the way, we may just you know, stumble. We may fall flat on our face. We have to remember once again that it is God who has begun a good work in us. And he's continuing his work now until the day of Jesus Christ. Then there will be a final version, finished product that is waiting for us. So until that day comes, we have to continue to run the race and not giving up, continuing to hope. And also this means not only just for ourselves, but for people around us. This means, this verse means that we are to extend grace to one another. If you are in a struggling relationship, you have a people around you. Some relationships, yes, it's going pretty well. And you have a really good relationship, really strong bond with people around, maybe with your friends, family, what have you. But there are also some relationships that we have in our lives where it's really hard. It's really struggling. It's frustrating to be in that kind of relationship. Extend grace to one another. Remind yourself that you are in the process of becoming more like Christ. And especially with brothers and sisters in Christ. So is, that, so, is the, so is the other person. God is also working in that person's life. Just as God is working in your life. Extend grace to people around you. Because God is not done with them. God is not done with you. God is not done with them either. And who knows, at different times, you know, their growth spurt will be different. Some people, it may take a little more time, depending on where they came from, the kind of uh, you know, background that they came from, the situations that they had to endure. It's all different. We cannot expect or we cannot impose our standard on them. And why can't you be like this? Why can't you be like that? Why can't you think like me? Why can't you do things the way I want you to do? Once again, we are to look to Christ in our relationship, especially with people that you have a hard time getting along with, whether it be your family members, friends, church people, extend grace, knowing that God will continue his work in that person. And it's not like we, are, we ourselves are perfect. God is still doing his work in us as well. So it is only right for us to recognize the sanctifying work of God, the saving work of God, the good work of God will continue on until the day that Jesus comes back. So until that day comes, may we continue to look to Christ and understand that it is God. It, is, it has been about God. It is all God, and it will be all about God. Our life is not about ourselves, but it is about God. May we give our hearts and surrender our lives to him so that he may be glorified, that he may be honored in all that we do. That on that, fine, on that day, that we may be presented before him as the, bride of, uh, as the bride of Christ, perfect and blameless. That day will come. It will surely come. And Paul was absolutely certain of that. And may we have that kind of um, understanding and persuasion in our lives. Let's pray. Let's go before the Lord and just take a moment. Um, 
in the silence of our own, uh, you know, in our home setting. Uh, let's uh, turn to him. Let's thank God for saving us out of billions and billions of people that God has been merciful and gracious to us. Not because we were better than other people, not because we were uh, more qualified by his mercy and grace. He has chosen us so that we may have this truth, so that we may have these spiritual blessings. And that this good work did not start with us. God has started it. He called us first efficaciously that we will be able to respond. God began a good work in us. And God is sustaining us, our faith. It's not up to us. We are not the one. We are in charge of all this. Living a Christian life, God is. We have our part, definitely. But God is sustaining us. The fact that you have not give up, given up on your faith, even though it's really hard at times, it's not the tes uh, testimony to your uh, faithfulness. It is the testimony to, to the of the testimony of the, the faithfulness of God because God has been faithful to you that you have not given up on your faith. It is because God has been faithful to you that you are still holding on to your faith. It's not so much because your faith is so strong and so solid, but because God has been gracious to you that we are still holding on to this faith. We are still hoping we are still being sure. And it is God who will perfect. It is God who will bring it to completion. We are not finished product yet. God is still working in our hearts. We still have a long, we have, we may have come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. We all know that. And so let's go before God, recognizing the work of the good work of God that He has begun that he's sustaining and he will bring it to completion. Let's give him thanks for his work and uh, that we may uh, also be, uh, that we may also be in, in re response to that, that we may extend grace uh, to one another.